hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Um, when we first when we first came to Lithia and when we first started thinking and praying about pastoring, it was very important for us to not be a, a house that was only inward. Does that make sense? That only worried about, like if we're abide, that we would only worry about abide. So last week, um, he was like, man, I really feel like I need to go visit this other church. I don't know why I'm supposed to go there or what's going on. So he went and he visited that church. And as he was there... Um, amazing ministry happened and he he was sharing with me yesterday and they had been in this difficult season and he walked in that day and he just something opened up in their church and and there were there were homosexuals there were drug addicts that were just being touched by the lord in a non-condemning way like they met his love that day and i sat across from him at panera yesterday and he was just crying and he was like he's like it was just so powerful that i got to take what is happening at abide and take it somewhere else and that's good news. That's good news, family, whether you know it or not, that we get to be a part of something that God is, he sends people out and he, he ignites fires because we're not only worried about our, our little community, right? Like God is global. That's why we go to Mexico. That's why we give to missions because God is bigger than 33547. And so we believe that I'm just blessed by that. And, and I just want to thank you because your giving and your faithfulness makes something like that possible. When you give and you partner with us as a church, it means you believe in the mission that, that we're trying to accomplish, and that's to make people that are passionate lovers of Jesus, and that's contagious. Like, there was something about when I was, even when I was in my addiction, when I saw somebody who was sold out for Jesus, there was something about that person that, that not conviction or condemnation, it just made me want that. And so thank you guys for partnering with us and accomplishing that mission. You guys are amazing, and we believe God is just getting started, Amen. He's just getting started. So why don't you take that seed this morning? Father, we thank you for every dollar that is given today, God. And I thank you that that you give us the wisdom and the knowledge on how to spend it, God. I thank you that you are turning hearts to you, God. And I thank you that you're using us to do it, God. I thank you that you're opening up doors and you're closing doors. And God, I, I bless every single person in this place today, those who can give. God, bless those who can't, God. We ask that you would bless them exceedingly abundantly more with business ideas, with businesses, God. That you would expand what they already have, God, so we can continue to give money into the kingdom and win souls. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. You can give cash, check. You can text any number amount to 84321, and it's all safe and good. So we started a brand new series today called Make Space, and we've been kind of on this mantra, or we've been, we've been making this declaration from the stage that when we make space, God invades that space. Like when we make room in our lives for God to come, like a lot of people, they ask God, they say, God, take me to new levels. God, I want more. I would say to you today, if that's the cry of your heart, I would say to you, make space. It's time for you to expand your territory. It's time to, for you to believe God for something new and something greater. And so I always get excited when we go on mission trips, particularly when we take people, because it's so stretching. Like, we, we took a couple of the ladies. I'm going to have them come share in a moment. And every night, I would check on them. I'd say, hey, how is it going? Madeline would go, well, I'm being stretched. <laughs> very, very stretching. And so it's just incredible because I know it's in that place, like, how many of you know stretching is a good thing? Like, if you play any sports, if you do anything like that, it's, it's kind of not smart to not stretch. And, and the Bible talks, Paul talks about us training ourselves like athletes. And sometimes stretching is necessary for us to get to where God is trying to take us. 
And he doesn't want us to stay in this place of comfort, but he wants us to go, to go forward because he has something for you, and that something is life. So I want to read a scripture, and I'm going to have the ladies, you ladies, you can come up. I want, I want them to share a little bit about, about their trip, and then I want to share some stuff that happened. And, um, and then I believe God's going to break something today, so, some old mindset. So John 10.10 10 says this, the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I, say I, that's Jesus. He came to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Say, I am meant to overflow. We're going to try it again like you believe it. I am meant to overflow. And so today, with that thought in mind, I want them to share a little bit about what God did in their experience. And then when they're done, you're going to cheer like it was the most amazing thing you ever heard in your life. Deal? Good. Good morning. As Pastor Gio said, we were definitely stretched. Wow. I've learned this was my first mission trip. Hopefully not my last, God willing. And I've learned from, from we got on the plane until we got off the plane. Um, I appreciate our home. I appreciate our church. I appreciate AC. Oh. We went to services where there was nothing, not even a fan. But the Holy Spirit just worked, especially with me. I just was not prepared for that. Like I was, I had no clue what I was going into. I had no clue. Although I think I thought over, like I really thought that, wow, this is going to be very poor. Very, but it wasn't like that. Like we stayed in a nice hotel, um, right? And the first day we get there, we had a nice flight. We landed the first church, Bethania. Awesome. It's like here. I was like, yes. The minute we walked in, I felt the Holy Spirit there. I felt the presence of the Lord. We, the band, you guys were just practicing, and I felt it. It was just unbelievable. And we were just praying just for, you know, getting prepared. And it was amazing service overall. When I saw my first encounter of, you could say that lady, whatever she had, I don't know what it was, but I was like, okay, this is what they say we will see. She was manifesting something. So Pastor Destiny, awesome pastor we have. She started praying, and, you know, we had her translate, so thank God I understood <laughs> and spoke the language. But it was amazing to see what the Lord would do to people who were so bonded and so had so much change wrapped around them and just seeing that when you prayed and loved on them and showed them the love of Christ and just told them that they are loved no matter what, how they just relaxed and how they embraced it. The hunger for, for the Lord was unbelievable. And people were willing. To, before we even did altar call, people were already up there, you know. Um, there was one, the Noche de Fuego was... One of the uh, um, young kids came, and he gave his testimony of how the Lord released him right at that place a year ago. And before we were even ready for altar call, he called altar call, and he said, you know, if you're ready to do and give your life, it was um, like I the whole congregation was up front. And we were like, how do we, we had to like literally climb over people, and here I was <laughs> going through the crowds trying to, you know, minister to people, trying to pray for people, and also help the other um, missionaries to, to translation. So it was amazing, 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 and we went to Red Zone. Mm. 
Red Zone was, I, I was, so many of my favorite, the whole trip was my favorite, but Red Zone really, really, really gave me an eye-opening of what people go through. And these women, they're just like, they think of themselves the low of the low of the low. And by us just going there, there were some that were, you know, no, I don't want no prayer. But you can see deep inside of them. They, they really wanted the prayer, but they were afraid of maybe their pimp or whatever their boss was. But they were so willing to receive our prayer. There's that one lady that I had a shock because I was like, this lady cannot be working here. Like, she was older, very older. So that was for me. I was like, oh, Lord, release her right now. <laughs> release her right now. But it was, she was selling their toiletries and stuff like that. But, so we started t talking to her and praying. Then another missionary that she goes there on a regular basis, she was talking to her, and she recognized her from a previous event. And she started telling her that she had an earache uh, for some time now, and she couldn't really hear from that ear. So, you know, Pastor Destiny, we said, okay, let's pray. So Pastor Destiny you know, placed her hands on her. We prayed, and the lady was like, okay, you know, I really couldn't touch it. So we said, okay, let's pray again. So we continued praying for her. This lady's ear, she was able now to touch it, and she was like, she felt good. It was amazing. Like, for me, wow, you know, God just did that. And this is the stuff that we should be doing. Like, let's not keep it to ourselves. If you know, you know that you know the God that you serve is a mighty 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 healer we leave oh my god it was just amazing for me to see that and then we walked away and went somewhere else but when we came back i don't know how we started talking again to this lady she started saying about her leg was hurting her she had a cane and and all that stuff so we were like okay let's pray for your cane you know let's pray for your leg sciatic nerve or whatever right there it was so powerful i think i told pastor destiny why is my hand burning like there's why is it burning and she said that means healing place your hand on her and I was like what place my me because I'm thinking me heal her no so I went let me tell you this lady before we prayed she couldn't even have her legs lifted afterwards this lady was walking and I was like wow this is amazing these are the stuff that we get to witness and do only if we are obedient. Okay, now this was new to me. I had to go, you know, thank God I had the best roommate ever, Kathy. And every night, Pastor Dio and Destiny will text us, how are you? All stretching. They're really stretching me. The meals were, you know, if you like tacos, you'll eat a lot of tacos. Um, I was okay with the meals. I just don't like the bugs. So I was like, Every time. I think Kathy at one point noticed, you don't like bugs. I'm like, no. <laughs> Especially when you're eating. But anyway, it was nice. They took us to the really safe places. You know, I was there with my hand sanitizer, although I was very prepped. Every time somebody needed something, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so just, you know, don't think of just the little things that, oh, my gosh, I, I can't do that. You, everyone could do it. Everyone can do anything through Christ that so you trust and you believe. If your faith is that strong, you can over. I'm telling you, I survived the trip. I came back, yes, with a, some stomach bug or whatever. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's too many tacos. And amazing still, it, I process things. There's things that the Lord has shown me. 
And I didn't even know I was able or worthy of those things, you know. So I am thankful, thankful that you guys allowed us to go. And hopefully next year it will be more of us because it was so much fun. The bus rides were the best. One night, I, I got to share this. It was like, what, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. We're coming back from Cuenavaca. They sang the whole way back. That, that driver, Macau, he, the next day, we never saw him as a driver again. He decided to go in the other car, like, they're not going to drive me. <laughs> so it was amazing because even though we ministered to so many people, we were exhausted. They were very exhausting evenings, but we got up and we did it again and we did it again. But because we knew what we were doing, it wasn't for us, for our satisfaction, it was for the Lord. And when you do things for the Lord... It gives you, like, energized and energized. These people were drinking monsters or whatever, those energy drinks. I was just on my water with my filter bottle because I wanted to be careful. <laughs> I lived on that water. But it was just amazing. I just got to say that overall, I enjoyed every step of the stretching. So I was definitely stretched. Thank you. Madeline was the MVP of the trip because she did, she had everything that you could want. So I'm glad we roomed together. Um, I had a couple thoughts. I'm not long-winded, but when I was praying about what to share, um, I wanted to jot it down. But first, just grateful that my family, I know y'all's family, everybody paid a price so that we could go and receive everything that the Lord did. Um, and also, I just, mine is kind of an overall view of what happened, and it was such a cool thing to see um, the, the price that our pastors have paid in Mexico. Um, there was such a grace and an opening for us to come and um, give what we, we all are carrying um, because of the price that they paid. And um, just seeing the respect and the churches that we were able to just walk into and release what God had given us. There was a trust. They weren't, like, questioning us or any of that. There was just that opening for us. And so I'm really grateful to see what you guys had plowed in Mexico and um, just that whole region and what's out there. So that was really cool. Um, there was such a grace for me to be there. So I just want to say that um, if the next trip that if it is in your heart and not to disclude it, like let the Lord speak to you because it wasn't on my radar. And um, when he put it in my heart to go, there was such a grace for me to be there. And I'm so grateful for the experience. The people there are amazing. They were so humble and loving and they have such a servant's heart. Like they just wanted to give to us and they're open. Um, although it was cool to see all the diverse churches that we went to and just how we went in with love. We didn't go in with criticism or seeing the strongholds or the struggles that were going on in the churches, but we went in as a team and as a unit to go in and impact and make a deposit there. And we, in turn, were affected by it, and we were so blessed. Um, it was cool, too, how we met in the hotel 
that our team that came from the U.S., we would come together and like worship and release what was in us and just pray together and encourage each other and strengthen each other. That was a real highlight for me. Um, also, it was cool to see um, there was another mom that was part of the team, and she was really nervous about going and sharing a testimony, but it was really neat to see that when she stepped out in it, um, that God used her, gave her a word of knowledge, and it just shifted the direction of the service, and there were so many people, and women mostly, that were really affected. Um, it was something about not having a voice, and just watching the people respond to that and being able to bring breakthrough to those people there. That was really awesome. Um, there was stretching for all of us. It was really neat to be able to move and what God put in your heart. And even when he didn't put it in there, to just move on it and watch him show up. Um, but, but the diversity of the churches... Um, just all of that was so amazing. It was so amazing. So I just want to encourage you to that um, just I know a little bit of what God has put in their heart as our leaders and to, to really begin to, as, as the months roll out, to ask the Lord where you fit in any of that with Mexico because I know that in many areas um, across the world that God's going to use us. And it may be in giving, it may be in praying, it may be in going in teams and making an impact, but it's what they're carrying. And that as we partner with the vision that's inside of them, that God has given them, that um, you're going to, because like individually, we all have dreams and purposes, but corporately, we have um, a big impact to make. And even while I was there, and this will be the last thing I say, that um, when I was there in the room alone, the Lord did something really special. He downloaded and, and shared some of the stuff that he spoke to me 18 years ago and just reaffirmed the promises that he spoke to me personally. But it comes through when we partner with who God has called us to and to the house that God has called us to, that we're not after building our own empire. We're not after going to, to that thing. But he just showed me that he's not a liar. If he spoke those things to us, it will come to pass. But we don't want to do it out of selfish ambition or self-promotion. And I know sometimes it's so hard because when he speaks greatness to us, it's like we just sleep and eat and breathe that stuff. You could dream about it. And it's so big in us. But, but I want to encourage us to really partner with the vision that our leaders are carrying. Because it's bigger than we think. And, and we talked about this on the trip, that it's hard to understand it unless you're there. You know, you can talk about it from up here, but sometimes it just doesn't penetrate. It didn't for me. And so I just want to encourage all of us that God has big things, big things for all of us. We get to be a part of it and what he's going to do. Thank you. It's always a blessing for us when we get to see people step out of their comfort zones. And, and we were having a conversation one day, me and Kathy, at a table, and she was, she was sharing. And, and just going along with the theme of living in overflow, what I found is the more I'm vulnerable, the more I put myself in a vulnerable position, not a stupid position, but a vulnerable one, where I'm like, I don't know if the Lord's going to show up. I don't know what's going to happen. The more I see him show off, 
Like, there's something very vulnerable about walking, like, entering into, if you don't know what a red zone is, it's basically a, a hotel that was shut down, and it's run by the cartel now. And the first time we went there, there's hundreds of rooms. And the first time we went there, there was, like, 250 women there, just lying, bum, 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 bum. And, and we would, we, you feel so hopeless because you don't have a plan for them to get out. You're just there, and you're like, Lord, I just need you to give me a word of encouragement to break whatever bondage they're under. So you're, you're, you're walking through the red zone with your little cake and Coke, and you're like, I feel so hopeless. And so this last time, a guy walks up to me. He's like, one of the pimps. He's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Who are you with? And I'm like, I'm with the church. I just have cake. Like, I'm just trying to give somebody cake. Oh, uh, is this okay? And he's like, who are you with? I'm like, I'm with the church and cake. And I just kept saying cake. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Don't shoot me. And he, was, he wasn't sober. And it's one of those things where, but it was in that same situation where we saw that lady. I mean, I was nervous. I was standing back because we let the team do a lot of it. And when I saw them whip those ladies' legs up, I was like, this is not smart. And her, she's like, whoa, and her legs are up, the lady who got healed. And one of her legs was shorter than the other one. Am I lying? One of the legs was like two inches shorter. And you, everybody there saw, she saw it. The pimp saw it, her leg grow out. He saw her walking down the way because there's something about light invading darkness that is amazing. It, it's, just, it's just incredible to see. And there are some times where you just miss it. Like, I was at, I was at the base. Uh, they have a base there. And have anybody ever just felt like you feel, I'm supposed to do this? Like, you just feel this overwhelming feeling. This is what the Lord wants me to do. Well, I felt that day that I needed to pray over the base. And I needed to pray over every wall at the base. So I went, I'm like, I got to be obedient to this word. So I start laying hands. I must have laid hands on every part of that base, every single wall. And right when I finished, I'm like, in the name of Jesus. A lady walks up to me. She's like, don't touch anything. That stuff on the walls is rat poop. It's rat poop and it's poisonous. And I was like, oh, that was not the Lord. It was not the Lord. And so it's, but it's awesome to be in these positions where, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And there was no water. You're just sitting there like. was not the Lord. <laughs> oh, come back, Holy Spirit. But there are these moments where you put yourself in vulnerable positions, where you, where you realize, you read scriptures, like, I want to read this to you. John, Matthew 5 says this, God blesses those who are poor. This word poor does not mean poor, like, in financially poor. This word poor here means poor in spirit, meaning What's inside of them, they realize this is the difference. People always ask me, what's the difference? Why do you go to Africa and you go to Mexico and do you guys see miracles and the people are hungry? They're poor in spirit. They have come to this place in their life, especially the people who know the Lord, where they realize if I don't have him, I have nothing. Like you, you at the night of fire, one of the kids who was speaking, she said he was speaking. He was like this. He was shaking. And like when you, from, and if you would have been up here, you would have been like, that's freaking weird. You would have been like, that's weird. And so I'm supposed to preach at the night of fire, and this kid does an altar call. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to top that. <laughs> like, what the heck do I say? Like, he, he gives this testimony. He said, a year ago, God wrecked me in this place. I've never, and he's never been the same. He's never been the same. And the people come up, and th there are hundreds of people, and we're praying for them. And I'm standing behind my Bible like, what the heck am I supposed to say? But there's this hunger, and this hunger derives, it comes from a place of being poor in spirit. Making space, realizing that one of the greatest tactics of the enemy is self-reliance. Thinking that I can make it through life alone. And so then God gives you these dreams and these passions, these desires. How many of you have them? 
Like you have dreams. If you don't, you need to hide yourself and find out what that is. But, but he gives you these dreams and these desires and these passions, and the next step of the enemy would, get, would be to try to get you to figure out how you can accomplish it on your own. Okay, God, you gave me this dream. Now I'm going to sit down with my journal, and I'm going to figure out how to get from A to B to C, when the reality and the truth is that's not God's plan. When we were sitting at the red zone, Madeline, you could see Madeline's faith rising, right? She prayed for the ear. The ear opened up. And then the lady's leg, by the leg, you're like, God's got this. And so we're standing there, and she has her hands on the lady's legs, and she's speaking in tongues. It's loud. Like the lady's on the other side, and me and, me, me and the bass leader are like, oh, crap. I would explain this. But, the, but, but her faith, and here's the best part, man, and this is, this is why we believe that miracles are important. The lady's ears get healed. The lady's legs get healed. That's a great story. But the best part of the story is when we got to sit her in a chair and we got to introduce her to Jesus. When that day on that corner where she was selling toilet paper and five pesos to use the bathroom, she did not know that day some like white kids were going to walk up and she was going to get to meet the Lord. That she was not only going to get, it wasn't just, it wasn't just words. She was going to experience him. The verse that comes to mind is taste and see that the Lord is good. That we would experience him and that, that the, the, the grand picture that God would stop in the scheme of the universe in this moment and step into the red zone because we didn't heal him. We didn't heal her. He came and he touched her. And the realities and, and all the things that were going on in the world that day, he stops for this woman. And he says to her, you are important, you are valuable, and on this day you become, not you become, you, you come to the realization you are my daughter. And this is the beauty of making space and expecting God that, to do the supernatural. That we would take our very natural, like you know us by now. If you've been walking with us, you know we're very normal people. Like there's nothing extraordinary, but there's something about taking your ordinary and putting it in the hands of God that makes it extraordinary. Where God begins to mold you and he begins to use you. And listen, the Lord, he touched me. Like, I was sitting in a service. Oh, I'm going to be probably more vulnerable than you want right now. <laughs> I was sitting in a service, and my brother-in-law was talking. And on this day, like, we had preached. I preached every day but Tuesday. I preached eight times. And I'm sitting, and I'm listening, and he's talking about God the Father and about how God the Father is a loving Father and about wounds, wounds that happen in your soul, and you begin to live from these wounds. This is the truth. It's the attack of the enemy that he would hurt you as a young kid and that you would live from that place of hurt and it would not allow you to see God for who he really is. Yeah. We've dealt with this. I've been through inner healing four times. You know, I've been through it. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk. And he's talking about his relationship with his dad. And he says, at one point in my life, I did something and I disappointed my dad. Seven years old, I think he said. He said, and at seven years old, I felt this, this overwhelming thing. I failed my dad. He said, so for 20 years, without realizing, I had been living in this place where everything I did was to gain my dad's affirmation. Well, Tyler, he has an amazing dad. The crazy part about Tyler's story is his dad did not want him to, to, to be in that place of striving for affirmation, but the wound was there. So Tyler's talking, and I'm like, Tyler's killing it. Wow. Powerful. And then the Lord goes, that's you. And I'm like, oh, what? 
No, it's for the Mexicanos. <laughs> you missed it. We're on a Mexican trip. And I began, I began to think, right? I began to think like, wow. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that same kind of dad situation. It just, it just goes to show you when you, when you go into a situation with, with an expectant heart, he can do anything he wants to do. Like in this moment, I was not in receiving mode. I was not in God, do something in me. I was about to come preach. And then I had to come preach and talk about a situation that was tough. As we took everybody to the Lord, and I began to replay in my mind, man, like I, I'm, I'll turn 30 in January. And we've, we've, my wife said we've been all around the world and we've seen God do amazing things. And you begin to think, I, I wonder how much of that was motivated by trying to make Daddy God happy. Like if I could only, if I could only become a pastor and if I could only see this person saved. You understand what I'm saying to you? I wasn't going to go down this road, but I think it's so important. That you would allow God... One of the prayers that I kept praying over people and that he was doing in my heart is I, I would pray over people, God, would you, just, would you just break their heart for what breaks your heart? Like, would you just allow us to get to the place where we would see things the way you see them? Because I don't want to see things the way the world wants me to perceive them. I don't want to see things the way my wounds or different things in my life have, have allowed me to see things. But God, would you allow me to see my son, my wife, Whatever ministry we have, would you allow me to see that the way that you see it? And what that does is it allows us to become poor in spirit. When we become completely reliant, many times when you saw Jesus, when you saw Jesus perform a miracle, it said he would look out at the multitudes and compassion would come upon him. What's happening? He's, he's receiving an impartation of God's heart for those people. He's seeing what they see. The Bible's clear that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. And so how different would our lives be if we would create margin, right? It, that we would, as we make room, one of the things I learned, I didn't have a lot of money growing up. When you don't have a lot of money growing up, when you get money, you're like, I got to spend it. I got to spend it because if I don't, it's going to disappear one way or another. So why would you spend money? And as I grew older, no matter how much money I made, there was never enough because there was no margin. And I feel sometimes in our spiritual lives, it's the same thing. Like, if we were to learn to create a place where, where we would make room for the Lord to come, vulnerable places, it's funny, every time we, we do a Mexico trip, we're like, sign up for Mexico, we got 25 people. <laughs> 25 people like, hey, yeah, I want to go. And they get on the internet. And, and people, well, Mexico's dangerous. America's dangerous. And one of the things that is stifling us as a body is our inability to, to trust the Lord in such a way. I never feel afraid when I'm in Mexico. I just never do. And, and we've been in Africa, we've been in Mexico, because I believe that as I go in faith, that the Lord goes before me. Like he makes, the Bible says he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And so as I want to step into a season or, or, or to who I am as a son, I have, my son walks around, he's never afraid. Even in situations where he should be afraid, he's not afraid. I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? But there's something about walking beside his dad where he knows as long as dad's here, nothing's going to happen to me. Every night of storms is the worst night of my life. You know you can hear, doo -doo 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 -doo, daddy, the storm. And I'm like, listen, there's the same thunder sound in my room that there is in your room. But there's something, are you getting this? There's something about knowing that daddy's in the room 
that no thunder, no rumble, no loudness, no, no, that fear cannot penetrate your heart. And so as we go, the Bible says there cannot be any fear in love. Perfect love, it casts out fear. So if I find myself in a place where I'm rooted in fear or I don't want to go or I'm lacking in trust, I must go back to the source. I must, I must John 15, I must attach myself to the vine and I must allow him to purge and I must allow myself to get to a place where I'm poor in spirit, where I have reattached myself. And here's, here's what it says. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Your inheritance is everything that he has for you. It's why we go in faith. Listen, one of, the, one of the guys, you guys remember Nacho? I talked about Nacho. Nacho was a Sicario. Nacho used to kill people for like $150. And Nacho meets the Lord probably two years ago, drunk. And he's angry. He walks into church, and the Lord supernaturally sobers him and plasters him to the ground. It wasn't like this aggressive. He's, he's to the ground and deliverance was happening. All of the anger, all of the hurt, all of the pain. And when Nacho got up, it was a different person. Nacho, he used to sell chicken. <laughs> so I get back and I ask Pastor, how's Nacho doing? He said, well, Nacho was walking down the street. And in Mexico, there's this road. There's this road you just don't go down. Like for real. Like no police go down there. The government doesn't go down there. It's owned by a cartel family. Nobody goes down there. And so Nacho's walking down the road, and when he's knocking down the word, he receives a word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is that he's to pray for this woman because she's been walking around for this illness for a long time. And if he were to step out in faith and pray for her, he would heal her. Nacho's not a superstar Christian. You got to know he feels uncomfortable. He walks up to the lady. He's like, oh, excuse me. She was standing outside of the hospital because the hospitals there get so full. People stand outside. It's like six, seven, eight, nine hours of waiting time. So you can literally go outside and pray for people, and they're just there. So he prays for this woman, and when he prays for the woman, she gets healed. And not only does she get healed, the Holy Spirit comes upon her, and she feels, she starts weeping. And she's like, I don't know what this is. And now you got, like, the, 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 the year and two-month-old Christian explaining to her who Jesus is. And so she's like, hey, I want you to come, and I want you to visit me. And so she gives him the address, and so he's like, okay, I'll come visit. And, and they're very hospitable. They'll invite you into their house. They'll make you lunch, and, and they, they just like to do that. And so he's driving down the road, and, and when he's driving down the road, he goes on his little motorcycle to go turn down the road, and it's that road. Like, it's the road that you don't go down. He's like, she must have given me the wrong address. And so he gets there. He asks one of the people. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's so-and-so's mom. Long story short, it was the mother of one of the main families of the cartel for that community. So now Nacho's riding his little moped <laughs> down the way. And every single week, this is what happens when you choose to live. You make space and you live a life of expectancy and faith. Now a place that not even the police have access, Nacho's on his moped. This is the kind of place where you, like, they say on Tuesday wear blue shirt. You don't wear blue shirt, you get shot. That's how they live. That's how they, they color coordinate who's allowed. That's how they know who belongs there and who doesn't. And so now this guy is going into the darkest place in their community. And on Sunday mornings, there are now three families from the cartel that sit in their seats on Sunday morning and are hearing the word of God. Because one man, because one man decided to stop and put his hand on somebody's knee and believe that God is as great as the songs that he sings. He chose to believe that God in him is the hope of glory and that glory is released through his people. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize their need for them, for the kingdom of heaven is there. And I feel, I was, I was praying while I was in Mexico, and I felt this urgency for us as a body, even there but even here, for us to position ourselves to receive what the Lord is pouring out. Because the Lord is pouring out. And the Bible says this, you do not pour new wine in old wineskins. Why? Because the old wineskins was not meant to hold the new wine. If you were to pour new, the wineskin was what held the wine. And if you were to pour new wine into old wineskin, what would happen to the wineskin? It would burst. Because it was never meant to contain what was being poured into it. And I feel that as, as, as a church and as we're growing into this next season, what, what Kathy was saying about us, about us positioning and, and seeing the vision, this vision is not my vision, it's his vision. To build a place where people can experience the Lord and where his presence can be felt, it can be tangible, but it can be, but it can be real. Like it would not be this far off, inaccessible thing, but that as we go, like Madeline, how many times did we make you do something that was just crazy? She's like, a lot. I didn't feel that many times. <laughs> but as, as, <laughs> I was having the conversation with Kathy and she stood across the table and she's like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. She's like, it looks so easy for you guys. And here's the truth. Like, every time that I stand in front of someone, and I'm about to give them a word, or I'm about to pray for healing, it's such a vulnerable moment. Like, I know, I, I know it would be easy for people in the congregation to look at a superstar prophet, or an apostle, or blah, blah, blah. But for me in my life, if I could just be honest, every time I stand in front of someone, th this is why the scripture is so powerful to me. Every time I stand in front of someone and, and I'm getting ready to minister to them, it's, Lord, I need you to speak to me. Like, I, I don't want this to be words from Geo. I don't want this to be manipulation. I'd rather say nothing than say something that's not from you. And it's such a, and I say this so you can see that there's never a moment, at least in my life, and I hope there never is, where I stand in front of someone and I feel fully confident that the man of God will receive the word. I feel that if there were more people who would just be willing to make themselves uncomfortable, to stop by the old lady by the hospital, to lay hands on the lady in the red zone, I don't even know if we have red zones here, to stand by, to, to go to those that other people would pass by, well, what does that do for us as a body? It creates a new wineskin. It creates a new place where his presence can be poured out. And so over and over in Mexico, I would hear, not just for the people, but for me, God said to me, you could have as much of me as you want. Like, you could have as much of my presence or as little of my presence. And you would say, well, who would want, who would want little of his presence? Every single person that has scheduled him out of their lives. Like, I'm, I'm fully convinced. I love, we were sitting with the Berkeys. I love one day we were sitting with them and we were talking with them. And I was saying, hey, we want you to be more involved with this. But I know life is busy. And we get so used to saying that to Americans. <laughs> like we just do. I know you're busy and you have a lot going on. And they just look like he looked at me in my eyes, like piercing. He goes, you will never hear us say we don't have time. We make time for the things that are important to us. It's so good. I haven't forgot it. It's so basic. But like so many times we're crying out to God. And it's so easy for us to come into a place like this and to give him public affection.
God, we love you. God, we want more, and this is good. This is a good thing for us to come together as a body and to worship him. But I believe a greater level would be for you to have private intimacy. Like me and my wife, we love each other. And, 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 and it's nothing for me to hold her hand and to hug her, but that's public affection. Like that's, that. <laughs> we just be real like that, that does not lead to birth. <laughs> like how weird would that be? <laughs> hey, ho, <laughs> ho, there you go. For us, and, and, and so into your spiritual life, somebody like, God, birth something from me. Use me. I want to give life to something. That only happens in private intimacy. It doesn't happen in here when everybody's watching. It happens in those moments where everybody's gone. Nobody knows what you're doing. There's no applause. Wow, look at how he worships. Wow, look at how they give words. It happens in those places where we become Matthew 5 and we become poor in spirit. And we say, God, strip me of everything that is not you. Like all of the hardness of heart that probably all of us have, things that happen and they attach ourselves to our hearts, that we would say, God, would you just break that down so that I can receive from you everything that you have for me? Because I don't want to see myself, and here's, here's, here's where I'll land. I don't want to live my life in a way like I did that day where I'm living for God's affirmation when he's already affirmed me. Part of making room is having the ability to see him rightly. Not in the hustle and bustle of life and all of the things that you are lacking or that you wish you had, but that you would pull away and you would make space so that he can become so clear to you that you can see him for who he is and then you can see you for who you are. That you would allow him into the deepest places of your heart. So that day I was praying for people and I just felt this overwhelming thing where God, I don't know if it has or if it hasn't. But I do know that for a long time in my life, I longed. I, listen, I don't know if I've ever in my life heard my dad say, hey, I'm proud of you. I'm not saying this like, oh, man. I'm just saying, if I'm not careful, I'll allow that to become my motivation for God. Man, Gio, your church is growing fast. You're doing a great job. I'm proud of you now. Man, Gio, you're doing, man, man, you, went, you led the team to Mexico. They got wrecked. I'm proud of you now. When the reality is God's pleased with me, with who I am, like if I don't do anything else the rest of my life, I believe this. If all I did was abide in him and be in relationship, he would be happy with me. He would be pleased. So I want to pray for you this morning. Can we stand? Yeah, can I get some, some mood music? <laughs> it's a, is it okay to laugh in church? Like, so serious. We can't pray without mood music. In the key of, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what I want us to do? I want us to just, for a moment, I want us to just close our eyes and maybe just put your hands like you're getting ready to receive. And as we, as we start this series... We talked about miracles and all these things. What I want to pray is that the Lord would show you the areas of your life where you need margin. That you would ask him right now, God, where, where can I make space? Maybe you're here today and you've been like, like me, like living from this place of like, man, God, I want to make you proud. 
without even knowing it, that the Lord would show you, that the Lord would show you that place and that you would allow him in to break down. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just silence every voice of the enemy. Yeah. Just receive right now. Doesn't have to be loud, doesn't have to be hype. He could do it right here, right where you're at in your chair. He can show you. God, show us places where we've been self-reliant. Wow. And God, right now we pray and we break old mindsets that stop us from receiving sonship. Yeah. We receive, we receive your affirmation right now. And we make space in our hearts, God. We make space, God. We worship you, Lord.